بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ردير برز ورحمه الله وبركاته Here we are continuing to discuss the case of Tawheed, the monotheism, the key to Jannah, the key to be saved from hellfire, to follow the path of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to enjoy the life the correct way, then to be saved in the judgment day from the anger of Allah wa ta'ala. Tonight we're discussing another chapter in this book of Kitab al-Tawheed which is talking about a practice used to be done by Sahaba that they used to say in their salah Assalamu ala Allah Peace be upon Allah and then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told them don't say that and his order here is clearly to give understanding that it is prohibited to say this to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. We will see the reasons why in just few minutes. First of all, what is the connection? What is the relation between this chapter and Kitab al-Tawheed? The connection is very clear. That to say, attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or qualifications are part of the third sect of Tawheed, monophysis. You remember that we have discussed this before that ulama of Islam have decided and explained upon understanding Quran and Sunnah that Tawheed should be divided into two, three, into three sects. Lordship side of Tawheed, worship side of Tawheed, names and qualities side of Tawheed. Of course this is not mentioned in the Quran in some ayah, not mentioned in Sunnah of Muhammad وسلم, that Tawheed should be divided into these three sects, but from understanding Quran and Sunnah, we can see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks about Tawheed sometimes from the side of Rububiyyah, Lordship, that He is the Creator and Sustainer of this universe and He is Razzaq and so on. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will talk about Tawheed from the side that they are supposed to worship Him only, every creation is supposed to worship Allah wa ta'ala only. And sometimes you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention his names and qualities in the book of him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like this ayah we always remember and say the last or the, the ayah before the last ayah in Surah Al-Hashr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions eight complete names, eight best names of him in one ayah. When he said subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَلَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ هُوَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ الْمَلِكُ الْقُدُّوسُ السَّلَامُ الْمُؤْمِنُ الْمُهَيْمِنُ الْعَزِيزُ الْجَبَّ so he mentioned his name to tell you, to tell us who is he. If you want to know someone, what do you do? You go and find out about him, or you ask him directly. But for Allah, nobody knows about Allah except him. So he is the only one can tell us who is he. And he did. He gave us enough knowledge, enough information about him in his holy book and through the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So all we have to do is just understand these names, understand them, know them, learn them. As Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 names, whoever counts them 
and of course follows him, understands him, obeys him, worship Allah abounds him, then he will go to Jannah. إِنَّ لِلَّهِ تِسْعَةً وَتِسْعِينَ اسْمًا مَنْ أَحْصَاهَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ In this case now, one of these names, okay, this is the, the connection between this uh, chapter and Kitab Tawheed, then we will say one of these names is As-Salam. But actually the word Arabic, the one in Arabic, As-Salam, could mean one of three things. So to be so clear when we discuss this point, we have to be, yani, it has to be clear to us what do we mean by the word As-Salam in Arabic. It could be mean, it could mean greeting. Assalamu alaikum. Yani, I'm greeting you. It could mean also being saved from the the, the list of need, of, of, of complete. Yani, a person is saved from As-Salim Min. Salim Min means he's saved from wrong things. Also could mean it is one of the names of Allah. So you can call your son as an example, Abdul Salam. Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, Abdul Salam is also the same. So because the name of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So what's one of these three meanings? Now, when we come to this hadith, we'll see it inshallah later on, which is Sahih in Bukhari and Muslim, we will see that the Sahaba used to say As-Salamu ala Allah. Yani they are greeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by this name, by this way. But Muhammad Rasulullah told him not to do as you will see why. Why? And the question is good in here. Why not to say As-Salamu ala Allah? Listen to this. There are three reasons to be said in this case. First reason is, it gives the, the feeling that Allah is not complete. When somebody says As-Salamu ala Allah, and Allah is trying to make Allah higher and higher, and He is not high enough. So I'm making him As-Salam. The one who is not, yani, he's saved from a lot of trouble. The second point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be called. He is subhanahu wa ta'ala to be called. Not to call for. Yani you are not making dua for Allah. You are calling Allah for yourself, for the others. But you are not calling others for Allah. Or calling Allah for Allah. You are not making dua for Allah. You are not asking forgiveness for Allah. You are not asking yani, Jannah for Allah. No, you cannot do this. You cannot do this. So, Allah to be called. Yani, you are supposed to call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you are not making dua for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, you are not making dua that Allah will be in Jannah. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be saved from such and such. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be forgiven. This is not allowed. The third one also, to say, it is not allowed to say as-salamu ala Allah, is... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who giving the peace. Salam. As-salam means peace. One of the names, the meaning of the as-salam is peace. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is giving the peace. So how can you going to go and ask peace for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala? So this is why we say it is not allowed to say as-salamu ala Allah. Abandon the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as you see inshallah in the hadith. The hadith actually that Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, one of the best of sahaba, one of the best who have learned Quran fantastically until he said once to the other Sahaba and Tabi'een that he knew every ayah of this book of Quran when it was descended, where, what time, a night or day. Subhanallah al -Azim. A man like this who knows all of these, every ayah in Quran, he knows, rahimahullah, he knew where it was descended. 
and when and what time whether at night or in the morning or the day then he knows every ayah in this case that man of Allah said that he narrated this hadith to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that we used to be with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in salah and we say assalamu ala Allahi min ibadah assalamu ala fulan wa fulan now they are putting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in assalam and also they are making salam in Jibreel Mikael and making salam on the others so Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this hadith said meaning of the hadith sallallahu alayhi wa sallam don't say assalamu ala Allah فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ السَّلَامِ Allah is the one who is there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he is mentioning the name of Allah here and Allah is, yani his name is As-Salam, so don't say As-Salamu ala Allah, because Allah is the one who is As-Salam. So Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in this hadith which is in Bukhari Muslim, is telling us not to say this word. Okay, probably now we are not saying this. I've never heard somebody say this lately, especially with this hadith is already there, but as we said that, we have to clarify. Sometimes we have to explain things that are not happening, but we are afraid it could happen. And it happens sometimes. When we remember talking about the worshipping the great or the idols, in time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, people did not expect at all that someone will go and worship idol again. Especially in this Arabian Peninsula, as Muhammad sallallahu said. But he also sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Siyama will not come. End of this earth will not come until some of the women of the south of this peninsula will go and make tawaf for some idols. And that happened. This case happened in south of Saudi Arabia. In the time of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. Some women went back to make tawaf on one idol that was famous in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Name was Dil Khilfa. was an idol or a station which was worshipped in south of Saudi Arabia now. Before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and in his time. And when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took over all this peninsula, he sent some sahaba to destroy that idol. But he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, also in his clear hadith, that As-Sa'a will not come until some of the women of this area will go and make tawaf on that place. And that was found After Shaykh Muhammad al-Rahman, the time of Shaykh Muhammad al-Rahman, he sent some people there to teach people, he found them, their women are rounding to that place making tawaf. Subhanallah al-Azim. Some people think that this land was not having at all such cases. No, believe it or not, if you read history, especially before the, 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 the da'wah of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, you will be amazed. All this area, all this Arabian Peninsula, was affected by what affected by the other Muslims areas. We had graves worshipped in here. One of them, one of the famous, most famous ones was the grave of Zayd ibn al-Khattab. The brother of Amr ibn al-Khattab who was killed when he was fighting the Musaylam al-Kaddab and his people. Of course his grave was not known but some shaitani people came and say, oh, I will show you where is the grave of, Muhammad, of, of Zayd ibn al-Khattab. After years and years of, of Sahaba of course, maybe after centuries, When Sahaba left already and died already, this man or this shaitani man came and said, Do you want me to show you the, the grave, uh, place of Zayd uh, al-Khattab? Yes, yes. And he, he showed him a place, this is a place. So he showed not, but shaitan is smart. So these people accepted this idea. They said, oh, we cannot leave his grave 
in the middle of the, of the desert. No, no, no. That cannot be. Otherwise, we are not respecting Sahaba. We are respecting, we are not respecting Awliyaullah. So what we will do? We will build. Ah, we will build. Now, build a, construct a building in there, lead to worship that grave. Exactly what happened everywhere and also what happened in the time of Nuh alayhi salam. Remember what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi told us about people of Nuh when he sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith which is narrated by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma that Salafism started with Nuh people after 10 centuries of Tawheed then people of Nuh, five people died in the same time, five pious people or persons died in the time of Nuh Waddan wa Tuwa'an wa Yaghutha wa Ya'uqa wa Nasra their name mentioned in Surah Nuh alayhi salam in the Quran and when they died Shaitan came to people and say why you leave these people in the desert like this? These are awliya. These are pious people. You just leave them like this with the other Muslims, low class Muslims? No, 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 no. You can't do this. Make some kind of idols for them, make pictures of them, make buildings for them, until years after years, people started to worship these idols. And that's exactly what happened to human beings, the mankind, the Adam sons. That they, first of all, respect Highest persons, then they exaggerate. And these highest persons, then they start to worship them. And you can see it by your own eyes. Go to some of these places where you see people running to the graves. Asking for barakah. Barakah is not from anybody except from Allah tabarakah wa ta'ala. Why they go to this grave and ask this grave person to give him some barakah or maybe cureness. Or, 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 and so on. Believe it or not, even in this area, this was happening in here. People in that, this area, 250 years ago, they used to worship caves, trees, rocks. What happened? Because they were far away from Mecca and Medina, where Muhammad Sallallahu was sent. They were far away from every knowledge of this area, like Iraq and Syria and Egypt and other areas. Where ulama was available, this area was not having any ulama, people start to go wrong way, they are ignorant, so they started to worship rocks and other things. Now, when we say this, we say that Sheikh Muhammad and Abdul Wahab, rahimahullah, when he started to teach people to stop doing this, this is wrong, we want to prove that what Muhammad sallallahu said is true. When he said that the hour, as-sa'a, will not come until people start to worship these idols, and it happened. And we, we do say this also just to think, to, to thank Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala for his great grace when he guided us to Hidayah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hidayah to the path of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to worship Allah only. That is what's called monotheism. Monotheism tawheed is a big grace of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. In fact, this is the biggest grace. As Allah said subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Duha, last ayah was, he said subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ بَحَدِّثِ نِعْمَةِ Yes. If food is ni'mah, if sight is ni'mah, if hearing is ni'mah, if money is ni'mah, if children is ni'mah, the best ni'mah and the highest ni'mah is hidayah. And hidayah is to what? To the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not the deen of that guy and the other guy. Not the tariqah or the way of that guy and the other guy. No. But hidayah to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To the back of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is the case of this chapter. The second chapter, just this short one, we'll have another one. It's another chapter which is happening. Actually, I don't know about other areas, but I know about my area in here. 
Saudi is there using this wrong way a lot. Maybe when the Saudis they say, يعني they are asking forgiveness with insha'Allah. Allah يغفر لك insha'Allah. They say this. Maybe you heard this a lot. Allah يغفر لك insha'Allah. Allah يهدينا insha'Allah. Allah يوفقك insha'Allah. This is wrong. And again, it's the words of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why? Why we are not allowed to ask forgiveness with God willing? Why? Very easy. We come to it. First of all, let's see what is the connection between this chapter and monophysism. Why do we say this? Because we have to have a connection. This chapter is here. Why? Why the author, rahimahullah, puts this chapter into this book? There is a connection in here that this is actually, this dua is containing two mistakes. One mistake in Rububiya side, Lordship side, which is one sect of Tawheed. And the other one in the nasal qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is also another sect of Tawheed, so he put it in the Tawheed book. So in chapter number 53 he says, saying, O oh Allah, forgive me if you wish, is not allowed. Why is not allowed? We'll see this inshallah. The hadith he mentioned in here, or two hadith from Muhammad sallallahu one of them in Bukhari and Muslim, and the other one in Muslim. Yani we have no, no doubt about it, alhamdulillah. They are correct, total. The hadith, the best hadith that Abu Hurairah said, that Rasulullah said, no one should say, Oh Allah, forgive me if you like, or if you wish. Oh Allah, be merciful with me if you wish. He must give appeal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with firm determination. Firm determination means that, yes, stick to it and ask Allah, begging. يعني if, you, if, if, if a poor guy comes to you and say, if you wish, give me five riyals. Give me five riyals if you wish. Look at him, I do wish, go. إيش هذا؟ Usually he, he would, please give me, please, please give me. And he push more, much. That's a human to human. But from, the, from human to Allah, it differs totally. We should really do it with, we would really, that a firm request. يا الله فلي يا الله غفر لي اللهم اغفر لي يا الله الله لفظه طيب why not to say it the other way around with if you wish let's hear this first of all it gets the feeling that it is to force Allah سبحانه وتعالى if you say اللهم اغفر لي without if you wish you're not forcing Allah سبحانه وتعالى you're just asking Allah اللهم اغفر لي do I push Allah سبحانه وتعالى now orders in Arabic, there three letters. Arabic has verbs which is order verbs. Fi'lu amr. If it comes from the slave to Allah, it is dua. If it comes from a person to person, the same level, it is a request. If it comes from a higher person to a lower person, it's an order. That's in Arabic. Three letters. Nobody can say, now I cannot say, Ya Allah, do this to me. Can I order Allah? No, you are not ordering Allah. You are only requesting and asking and making dua to Allah Ta'ala to give you. But if we put, if you wish, some people think that this is kind of polite. To be polite to Allah, with Allah to say, if you wish, give me this. No, it's not a polite way. It is actually making the feeling that the person is forcing Allah. Allah is not forced, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second point, why not to say this? Because it could mean it is too much for Allah to do. Yani, ya Allah, forgive me, and it's too much for you, don't do it. 
The person who's saying this, if you wish, maybe he's feeling that it is too much for Allah to forgive. Too much for Allah to give risk. Too much for Allah to cure a person. Which is very dangerous. Could really destroy Tawheed or monotheism. Last point to say, why not to say this word, is, it could mean also that the one who is asking is not in true need for forgiveness. Yani if you wish to forgive me, do. If you don't, no problem. Is it possible? It's impossible for Allah. No good for Allah. And you cannot see, you cannot see this to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, forgive me if you like. If you don't, no problem. So in this case now, Muhammad taught us to be, يعني, what you call sticky, if you can use this word. Sticky in, in asking Allah Ta'ala, stick, Ya Allah, give me this, give me this, Ya Allah, please, Ya Allah. And push Allah towards because Allah loves this. Allah loves bigger. Bigger to him, not bigger to human beings. So when we make dua, we should stick. Why Muhammad Sallallahu cries and weeps in his salah to ask? Because he was told to do this. He was told to ask Allah deeply and, and sincerely to forgive him, to give him and so on. So we are supposed to do this. This is really, when the slave asks his Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, he should be in this position. Yani, uh, if your son comes to you and say, Oh Father, uh, give me this or you don't have to. Just imagine this. Imagine your son is coming to you and say, Father, I'm sorry I did some mistakes. If you want to forgive me or what's up to you? You will get so angry to your son. What kind of philosophy you are saying? This is the way I told you to, to deal with, with higher people than you? And that's human to human. They both are one of us from a human to Allah. Ah, then we have to be humble and sticky in dua to Allah and ask him and beg him not to say if you wish. Uh, this hadith we mentioned, Hadith Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, which is Bukhari Muslim, and also another part of this hadith by Muslim, he said, he, yani a person should appeal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with firm determination, saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is nothing to be too much for Allah. I yani don't think that if you ask something which is a lot, it will be a lot for Allah. If you ask Allah al-Jannah, Muhammad Hassan told us, in his hadith, not to ask Allah al-Jannah, but to ask Allah al-Firdaus al-A'la. Firdaus al-A'la is the highest place in Jannah. And if I ask my servant, ask you, do we deserve al-Firdaus? Astaghfirullah, Allah, I don't deserve. But still we are asking, why? Because Muhammad was told us to do so. Allah is the greatest, he can give anything he wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if he wants to give some people like, humble people like us, he will give us al-Firdaus, he will do. It's nothing for him high or too much for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, some, we have some old people in here in Saudi Arabia, uh, some kind of humble, the humbling, you know, they say, Ya Allah, Al-Jannah, even beside the door. Just jump beside the door. It's wrong. We're not supposed to ask Allah small, ask big things. Uh, Imam Malik, I think he was Malik, Imam Malik or somebody, oh yeah, somebody, Imam, somebody came to him, Ya Imam, small question, small problem. He said, small problem, find a small guy for it. A small Christian ask someone small for it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the highest, the greatest. If you want to ask the greatest, ask them something big. Great. So our old people here, they used to make this mistake, say, Ya Allah, Al-Jannah, even if it's just beside the door. Even just, ask Allah for this al-A'la, as Muhammad told us to do. Ask Allah for this al-A'la. So in this case now, a Muslim really should be so, yani, deep and sincere in asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Especially when he is in situ.
Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us in the hadith that the slave will be so close to his Lord Subhanahu Wa Taala, and he will be close, the closest in sujood. So make a lot asking Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You may be probably and you probably will be given what you want. In your sujood, ask Allah. Beg Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Especially if you are alone. Especially if you are at the last third of the night. Then beg Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He's great. He will give you one of the things. Some people say I ask Allah so much. Every day I ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala a child and He never give me a child. Or every day I ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala money and He never give me any money. Wrong. Because Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us that just to ask Allah is the ibadah. Worship it. Ad Dua is the ibadah. Just to ask. Now, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything, this is the worshiping, first of all. Second, anyone, any Muslim, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something, he will give him one of three things. One of those, for sure, yani definitely you are a winner when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether he gives you what you want, what you ask, or he will push tragedies as much as you ask. Yeah, he did not give you the money, but he pushed tragedies from you. That's why there is another hadith say that Qadr from, this, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Dua from the slave will have a yani, scrambling in, the, in the, the sky. This is pushing the other one. Everyone is, Qadr is coming, tragedies are coming, bad things are coming to the slave and the Dua is pushing it away. Third thing is, if not, you are giving what you need and not pushing the Qadr away from you, you are going to have this in the judgment day as a, an account. More deeds for you in the judgment day. And in judgment day, everybody is needing one single hasana. And you remember the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the woman, the mother, who is meeting her child, although he is running away from her, as Allah told us in, his, in the Torah Abasa, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ شَأْنٌ يُغْنِيهِ Everybody is busy. Everybody is afraid that day. The mother comes to her child and says, Oh my son, I have, I've given, I have carried you in my stomach, in my womb, for nine months. And you gave me a big headache when I delivered you. I gave you milk from my chest. I clean you from dirt, bad things. I fed you with my own hand. Give me one hasana. Give me one hasana. Subhanallah al-Azim. Yani if in dunya, he will give her everything. But in judgment day, no. He is going to tell her about the hadith, Oh my mother, I am having a problem as you do. I need a free hasana now. My skill is like this. So, why don't I make more dua? Even if Allah does not give me this in dunya, even if he does not push tragedies away from me, then this Dua will make more hasanat in my scale, so it will be heavier in, ju- in the judgment day. As Allah said, Subhanahu wa Taala, in Surah Al-Qari'ah, "فَمَا مَنْ ذَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ In happy life. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةِ His mother is Jahannam. وَمَا دَرَاكَ مَا يَهْنَارُ الْحَامِ A Muslim who dies with, poly- with monotheism, not polytheism. يعني أي مسلم who dies with no polytheism even if he have a lot of sins in the judgment day the scale will work but a guy a Muslim who said he is a Muslim falling into polytheism there is no way to have a scale he is going to Jahannam directly 
فسيتوا الله تبارك وتعالى إنه من يشرك بالله فقد حرم الله عليه الجنة ومأواه النار إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به تكافر أورفولفيس إيديس إيديس أغردس كريستيان جو will come to the judgment day they will not go for the scale they will go to جهنم داركي Muslims will go for the scale only monotheists who have already obeyed Allah Taala and done their best in their lives they had some mistakes yes everybody is having mistakes everybody is making sins that's why Allah created us and that's why He is غفور as Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us in the Hadith that if you the meaning of the Hadith that if you don't make mistakes Allah will send you away will smash you and bring people who make mistakes so when they ask Him to forgive him forgive them so He will forgive them. لو لم تذنبوا لذهب الله بكم ولا تابقوا من يذنبون فيستغفرون فيغفر لهم why his name is غفور because he wants us to ask him for forgiveness and he will forgive us he knows that we are human beings and we are, we are poor we are weak sometimes against our يعني شيطان against our قرين against our, our, ourselves so he told us what to do how to make شيطان angry One way to make shaitan angry, by the way, one good thing. Shaitan try always to push Muslims to bad things. If he does once and he succeeds once with you, make tawbah and make more good deeds, then he will stay aside and crying, and he wish he did not push you to this sin. That's Something really, if you think of it, shaitan is really very happy when he sees a Muslim falling into bad things, but he will be so tired and will be crying and weeping when he sees Muslim after this sin, he make a lot of istighfar and he make a lot of good deeds. Because he knows. Now, Allah told us, Muhammad told us in the hadith, that a Muslim, when he falls into sins, minor sins. Okay, we have to classify these sins. Now again, just to remember, there are polyvism, Sorry, no way. A person dies with polytheism, he's not a moral Muslim. He's a polytheist. There's major sins, drinking alcohol, uh, drugs, uh, riba, so on, okay, zina. These are, if a person dies with them, he is under the will of Allah Tabarakatan the judgment day. He may forgive him, and he may send him to Jahannam for some time to clear him out. So he will deserve Jannah. The third one is the minor sins. And that is, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us so many ways to erase them. Salah to Salah, will erase. Jum'ah to Jum'ah, will erase. Ramadan to Ramadan, will erase. Istighfar, will erase. Umrah to Umrah, will erase. So this minor sense is, inshallah, is easy. Because especially if the person is making a lot of istighfar after that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him. But be careful with the major sense and, which is the, and the other worthless one is the case of holism. How do I... Beware of polytheism by learning the polytheism. What is it? How is it? How am I? If, you, if you, somebody told you that road is going this way, there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of. If you drive your car, maybe you will fall into a hole and you'll lose your life. You'll go and study what is this road. I will not go with it unless I know what it is, how, how to avoid. Same thing in this life. Polytheism is there, and Shaitan is very. Yani, he's doing his best to make people fall into Jahannam with him. As he told Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, swore to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, "Fabi'izzatika la'ghuyannahum ajma'i." 
He swore to Allah that He will make us all with Him in Jahannam. Except, those slaves of Allah who are doing their best to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing their best to fall in the major sins, major of shirk of course, and when they make sins as a human being they do usually, they make istighfar, they make salah, they make this, then they, this will be arranged. Very easy and very simple. All we have to do, if we want to be happy in this life, is just to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as we can and to refrain from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us to refrain from. Very easy and very simple. Nobody is perfect. Nobody. Everyone will make sin. That's natural. But, وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّبُونَ Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم said in the hadith, كُلُّ بْنَ آدَمَ خَطَّائِ Every human being makes mistakes. وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّبُونَ the rest of them are the ones who are making repentance. Tawbah and Tawbah and Tawbah and Istighfar and Tawbah. Every time we make a mistake, we should make Tawbah and make Istighfar, make Sadaqah, make Salah, so on, then this will be wrong. So, our life, from the A to Z, we are living a life that Allah SWT gave us, we should use it for Allah SWT because He's the one who gave it to us. Don't try to say that I will enjoy myself in this life. Fine, you can enjoy, but by what? By haram things, that's very dangerous. By halal things, no problem. A man needs marriage, he can marry. But he doesn't go and take women for zina. Both will do the same. Taking a woman to bed, it could be in halal, it could be in haram. Eating food, could be in halal, haram. Drinking liquid, could be in halal, could be in haram. And so on. Gaining money could be in halal, could be in haram. It's you and me and the other Muslims, the other people, who decide what to use. Allah gave you the capability. He will never punish us without our capability. Allah will never punish us if we can. If we are forced to do something, He won't punish us. Take this example and we always say this. Ammar ibn Yasir, one of the best Sahaba, radiallahu anhu an abis, he was forced to say bad things about Allah. By the apologists, by Mushrikeen of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They put his head in the water until he feels, he feels that he was dying. <clears throat> until he said bad words about Allah. Na'udhu billah. Then he came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rasulullah, I did this. So Rasulullah sallallahu asked him, how did you find your heart? He said, full with iman. Mutba'innum bil iman. So Allah descended an ayah. إِلَّا مَنْ أُكْرِهَا وَقَلْبُهُ مُطْمَئِنٌ بِالْإِيمَانِ But we are not forced. We have everything in front of us. We can take this way or take this way. Our fingers are in the remote control. We can put it on for Sheikh Zakir Naik, for this, for that, for Quran. And we can put it also for Hollywood and Bollywood and Shallywood and Hollywood. Right? What's the difference? It's a finger. It's a finger. Moving just once. Ah, and did anybody, did anybody get my finger and put it in that bad thing? Nobody. And nobody also forced me to put it in the good thing. It is me who chose it. So because I, I have the, the capability of chosen, or chosen this one or this one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward me for good things and He will punish me for bad things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us barakah and maghfirah after this majlis. As He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in the hadith that whoever Muslims 
saying one for the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reciting the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and discussing the deen, Malaika will come. Rashiatum al Malaika. Wahafatum al Rahma. Sanazat alim al Malaika. Wahafatum al Rahma. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling us by names in his sky now subhanahu wa ta'ala because we are in his house subhanahu wa ta'ala. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gathered us in this masjid and gathered us with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Jannah. صلى الله وسلم على محمد وعلى اله اجمعين في هذه الكوستيز ابي هابي تهير Somebody will ask this question before. 
Did these people really try to wake up in the last third of the night and ask Allah? No, but they just bring questions like this. How? Why is this? Why is this? Why women have to cover her face? Why this is this? Why we don't drink alcohol? Why? Why is here not acceptable? It's enough for us to say. When Sahaba received the order of Allah wa ta'ala to stop drinking alcohol, some Sahaba used to drink it. Our mother Aisha said that Arabs in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to drink alcohol like you drink water. Can you stop drinking water? No way. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ended up this, the, the, the gradual judgment of alcohol, Sahaba stopped totally. Anas ibn Malik was a, was a, uh, a young boy serving group of Sahaba who used to drink after Al-Isha. Drink alcohol, because it was not totally haram. He said when they, they were drinking, they received the ayah. Somebody brought the ayah. They already decided to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that night. يا أيها الذين آمنوا إنما الخمر والميسر والأنصاب والأزلام رجس من عمل الشيطان فاجتنبوه لعلكم تفلحون إنما يريد الشيطان أن يوقع بينكم العداوة والبغضاء في الخمر والميسر ويصدكم عن ذكر الله وعن الصلاة فهل أنتم منتهون؟ دائرك إذا سي انتهينا ربنا خلاص. وليو يسول. ثلاثة منك في الآية. وليو التاب يسول. Anas ibn Malik said, some of the Sahaba was carrying the glass to drink it. When he heard the ayah, he sent the glass back. Some Sahaba, he put his finger in his mouth and he threw up what was in his stomach. Ah, now, we want to be great people like Sahaba, let's follow their way. Allah told us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his holy, uh, Muhammad told us in his correct hadith, that Allah comes in the last of the night, what should we uh, do? Ask how, or go and do what he told us to do. Wake up in the last of the night and start to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya salam, this is the way. Sahaba never asked. And Muhammad has told Sahaba, don't ask me questions. Like what the Bani Israel did to Musa. Let me remind you of the story of Al-Baqarah. And the case of Al-Baqarah. The story of Al-Baqarah with Bani Israel, again we said this so many times, but this is a good, good place to say it again. Bani Israel was told to kill a cow by Musa. وَإِقَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَمُرُكُمْ أَنْ تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً بَقَرَةً أي بقرة أي كاف If Bani Israel got time went and buy any cheap cow sick إن شاء الله anything يلا for 10 ريال bring an old cow and uh, dying cow يلا and kill it خلاص finish they have obeyed the order no they didn't يا شيخ يا موسى يا موسى يا شيخ تمت يا شيخ how describe this cow to us so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them by giving restrictions on that cow. La farirun wa la dhukrun awa. Ah, subhanallah. No problem. He squeezed the age of the cow. Again, Bani Israel did not obey. Because Bani Israel is the one of the worst nations. Jew is the one of the worst nations of this world. When they deal with their messengers and prophets, they killed some of them. They said, okay, tell us about the color. La ilaha illallah. What do you want from the color? Any cow, alhamdulillah. No, no. Tell us about the color. So Allah gave them a, a very strange color that they cannot find any cow with. Yellow. Not any yellow. Shining yellow. Safra'u fati'u lawna. Shining yellow. How you ever seen a shining yellow cow? I never seen. You people from India, you have a lot of cows. You don't have any of Have you ever seen a shining yellow cow? Subhanah. Then again, they still ask questions. Ya Shaykh, Ya Musa, give us more description, we didn't know. A'udhu Billah. 
then he gave them more restrictions. Now when they wanted to kill this cow, they have no other choice. They want to buy this cow, they cannot find it easily. They found only one cow in Bani Israel, all Bani Israel, one cow only. With an old lady, she refused to sell it to them unless they fill the, 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 the leather of that cow with gold. Before it was 10 riyals, we bring the money cow. Now they have to pay this much of gold in order to buy this cow. Now, Muhammad sallallahu told his sahaba, don't you ask me questions like that. When I tell you something, do it as much as you can. When I tell you to refrain from doing something, don't do it. So sahaba obeyed. But they, were, they used to be happy when, when a Bedouin comes. You know Bedouin? The Bedouin who come from the desert. Bedouins, they don't have this etiquette and protocol where excuse me, sir. Oh, Muhammad. They come and ask questions. They are so happy because they can't ask these questions. And they are, they are afraid that Muhammad will be angry with them. So they are happy when somebody, somebody comes from outside Medina, from Bedouin to ask these questions. So they will, they will they have the answer. Now, back to your question. I'm not, I don't mean you exactly, but I'm saying just put this in mind. First of all, when you receive an order of Allah Taala, or a word of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or a news from, or if he tells you something, directly obey and practice. And later on, if you ask about the wisdom, or you heard about the wisdom, Alhamdulillah. If not, still you practice. Easy and simple, Alhamdulillah. Any question? I don't want to say Asking how is the bid'ah? Bid'ah? Asking how? Is the bid'ah, yes. Oh yes, that's another point that Shaykh Mtiyaz is telling that to ask how about these things is also an authority. Because it's not by, done by Rasulullah or done by Sahaba to ask how. How is that? How is that? This is an authority which is re- rejected by this deen. This deen, Muhammad has told us not to make bid'ah or novelty. To ask something into this deen with, by questioning or by doing. Some people want to, they like this deen so they add extra things to this deen. Adding is like subtracting. If someone wants to add to this deed, in fact, it's a big case. Bid'ah, by the way, as has mentioned actually, a person who is making bid'ah, adding to this deed, he is accusing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he did not complete or convey the complete message. billah. And this is kufr. Or he is accusing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he is ignorant in this fight. And this is another kufr. Why to come and say, well, I want to make special dhikr. How is that, Habibi? I'll make hay, hay, hu, hu, and this. Did Muhammad Hassan do it? No. Did Abu Bakr and Umar Ismail do it? No. Then why do it? Do you know better than them? Does this guy know better than Muhammad Hassan? No. Well, why if we stick to the sunnah, if we do what we are told by Muhammad Hassan, we'll be busy in a holiday. But we are not. Shaitan is smart. He wants to drag people away from the sunnah of Muhammad to put them into bid'ah. Nevertheless. Yallah, make this milad, make this special zikr, make this gurgling, this. Ishad. Quran and sunnah is very clear. Alhamdulillah. Read this. Yani, just to, yani, sunnah, the speaking sunnah, if you speak by the sunnah, like dua. If you come to the masjid, there is dua. Out of the masjid, there is dua. You come to your house, there is dua. Out of your house, there is dua. Before you eat, there is dua. Before you sleep, there is dua. After you eat, there is dua. Before you go to the bathroom, there is dua. After you finish from the bathroom, life is full. Your life is full with the connection with Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala. Now you are talking to Allah in every dua. Now you, when you leave your house, and you say this short dua. Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Three sentences. Then you are protected by Allah. 
and he will come back to your house. Protect him from who? From shaitan. When you come to sleep and you say, ayat al kursi, shaitan will not be capable of playing around with you while you are sleeping. Abandon Muhammad If you say Bismillah before your food, Shaitan cannot eat with you. If you say Bismillah before when you get into your house, Shaitan cannot come to your house. And so on. In fact, if you, if you say Bismillah before you go with your wife to bed, Shaitan will not share you. Otherwise, he will share. Yes? Shaitan will share the man, his wife, if he doesn't say the zikr. Uh, you want a joke? Take this to her. Take a joke. They said there was uh, two shaitans. One of them is, mashallah, full, muscles. The other, the other shaitan is very skinny, poor guy. So the, the skinny shaitan asked the strong shaitan, how is that, yakhiyo? He said, alhamdulillah, I have a very nice guy. He comes to his house, he doesn't say bismillah. So I enter with his house and sleep. He doesn't say Bismillah when he eats, so I fill my stomach with him. In fact, I go with him to bed with his wife. Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm full. The other guy said, Wallah, ya khayya, shaykh, this, this guy, I'm with you, Shaykh. Yes. I always say Bismillah for his, uh, his food. But, I can't have Shaykh Manish. This is just a joke, but just to explain. So, put in mind that your life actually will be full of the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just, you need, we need to put in mind to learn these two as we do not, and also to practice it in our life, every time. Before I come to the masjid, I say something. Before I enter the masjid, there is something. Before, when I enter the masjid, there is When I enter the salah, when I... So I have a very strong connection with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala by this week. No questions? Any more questions, brother? Yes, go ahead. Can you pray between the Sajda in the Sajda in Nafal or Sajda? Sajda and Sajda, how? Sajda. Between the Sajda, 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 Brothers from Indian subcontinent, they don't do anything, I think, that. Directly, they go and they directly go to sujood. Actually, staying in the sujood, and they're in the, I'm sorry, between these two sajidah, staying enough time is broken. A pillar of salah. Without it, salah is not completed. And not accepted also. There is zikr taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what to say between sajidah and sajidah. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wajburni, and the other dua, Rabbi Ghfirli, Rabbi Ghfirli, Rabbi Ghfirli. Three times, minimum one time, but three times is the best, okay? Then make another sujood. Case of Salah, brothers, and this good question for Rabbi Ghfirli, Khairi. Case of Salah should be taken from Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every case of our deen from Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But especially the case of Salah, because our problem is that we have a lot of madhab, school of thought. We have a lot of fatwa, a lot of ulama say this. We need to see how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed. Because he said in the hadith which is in Bukhari, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Pray as you saw me pray. But we did not see him. Yes, we did it. But actually, Sahaba described it to us. 
So Sahaba told us that he is between two sajdas, he say, Allahumma ghafir li, Allahumma ghafir li, Allahumma ghafir li, and some other times he say, Rabbi, Allahumma ghafir li, warhamni, wajburni, and so on. So in this case, we are supposed to say something between them. Jazakallah khair. Huh? Ah, Ah, this is not a must. That is to say about it, it is acceptable, okay, or sunnah for the person who needs it. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his life, in the beginning he was not doing this jalsa, just istiraha. Yani, our brother he is asking about this, where after the second sujood, in first rak'ah and third rak'ah. Not in the second rak'ah, of course. Okay? The second sujood, you're supposed to go directly up, right? Now, some ulama said that you are supposed to, after the, the, the second sajda of first rak'ah or, or third rak'ah, you're supposed to take a little bit of relaxation, then you go up. You sit down, then you go up. And that's done by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the people who studied the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they will discover that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used not to do this in his beginning of his life. But when he became heavier and older, he started to do this. So, the ulama used to say, if you need it, do it. If you don't need it, you are young and strong, then do it. It's not a sunnah forever. It's not rejected forever. It depends on you. If you need to sit down before you go up directly, then do it. You are sick, you are old, you are heavy, then you can use this. If you are not heavy, if you are not old, can you do it? You are not supposed to, no, don't do it. Don't do it because Muhammad is not to do it when he was healthy and okay. So it is not a sunnah forever and it is not rejected forever. It depends on you. So if you do it sometimes because you need it, because you are sick, you are tired, Sometimes you are not sick, but you are tired. You are just, and you wake up from sleep, and you, are, you have been doing a lot of work, and you need to do this too. No problem. Just uh, one question to be clear. From the Inshallah side, you said in the Sahih. Sure, right. Uh, my question is, as you said that I cannot say to a person, like, Allah will forgive you, Inshallah. Uh -huh. This is not the right word. Uh, no. This is not right. No. If I say to the person, ask Allah, Allah will give you insha'Allah. Now what is the difference between the two? Okay. Elaborate? Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good question. If you are feeling that Allah will forgive you, then insha'Allah is okay. And if I tell you, Allah, for, Allah will forgive you, insha'Allah. I'm feeling now something, I don't know it. I'm not sure about it. Allah may forgive you, I may not. But if I say, May Allah forgive you. Now I'm making dua. There's inshallah is not acceptable here. So we have to differentiate between telling something or making dua for, for someone. If we are, and because, okay, you, what you said is, is having a bangas Saudi. Allah yaghfirlik. Is this a dua or this is I'm telling you? Actually the sentence in here looks like I'm telling you Allah will forgive you. Then I have to say inshallah. But actually we are using it as a dua. May Allah forgive you. Then I, have, I cannot say inshallah. If it's dua, there's no inshallah. If it's just a fill, then inshallah is acceptable. Jazakallah khair for this question. Thank you. Jazakallah khair for this question. Yes, brother, go ahead. I have a question about hajj. Hajj, wallahi, I'm not so good in the hajj. So, I mean, I'm not. Huh? 
والله اي كان اي كان تقولوا انا توجد الكيس حق تو اكسكوز مي وردان ها يا بس يا جزاكم الله خير